0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode forty-three of Parenting in Real Life. Say hello, Alexis.
1: <laughs> hello, everybody. Sometimes I just don't know to like when to like insert myself when you <laughs> in the intro. <laughs>
0: Whatever you want, Alexis. This is your party.
1: It's my party.
0: Yeah, I don't know it's why. I both are
1: parties. I don't know. You're just like you're the opening guy, and you're the closing guy. I don't. Know. It's not it
0: by choice. I'm not being sexist. <laughs> she forces these. I
1: don't force it. It just happens.
0: <laughs> but you kind of force it.
1: I force you to do the wrap up, but you don't have to do the intro. I could do the intro if you want. I'll do the intro next time. How's that? Deal.
0: <laughs> so our real life parenting moment just happened. I was putting Chloe to bed and she had one of those afternoons where everything was wrong and Everybody was touching her stuff, and nobody likes her, and nobody wants to play with her. And you know, she was just like we all get, but she was she gets in a place where just if you look at her funny, <laughs> then she just and she has a high voice, and when she gets grumpy, everything's just super whiny and me, me me me. Yeah, it's nasty.
1: I was feeding Lucy, putting her to bed with the door shut, and I could hear her screaming, "Get out!
0: Get out!" <laughs> Terrible. Um. So anyway, I was trying to think, how can I help her? How can we talk about this in a way that she doesn't get defensive? Because we all do that when somebody tells us we're doing something wrong. And so I laid with her on the bed, and we talked. And I said, you know, usually, Lucy, Chloe, you're great. You're super helpful. You um, are really good at sharing your toys with your siblings. And I went through a lot of the things that she's genuinely good at. And then I said but sometimes this other Chloe comes out squeaky Chloe (laughs) and (laughs) it just happened in the moment. But I knew I didn't want to say like grumpy Chloe or nasty Chloe or something negative because that would make her defensive. So I called it squeaky Chloe and she immediately laughed and knew what squeaky Chloe meant. Um, And so we talked about, you know, like, It's okay that sometimes you feel that way, but when you feel that way, you need to try and um, get rid of squeaky Chloe and come back and be happy Chloe. And um, It was just a good way. I was just surprised with how well she responded to that. Um, I think partially because I first complimented her, but partially because I kind of made it a joke instead of being serious. This isn't like a wow, Alan. You're amazing, because I don't think that's amazing.
1: Wow, Alan, you're amazing. <laughs> thank you. I was waiting for that, and I had to
0: say it myself. You're so amazing. You're so amazing. Yes. <laughs> thank you. You're okay. um, no, it wasn't amazing, and I think Squeaky Chloe will be with us very soon again in the future, but it was at least a better way than I could have handled it, which is my normal way.
1: <laughs> and I think that's something we can address. I mean, like you say, Chloe's... I don't know if this will work, but Chloe, squeaky Chloe's coming out. I don't know if that'll backfire or not, but it's a way to like, almost have like a code name for it. You know, instead of saying, Chloe, you're so grumpy right now.
0: You know? Sometimes it does. I think we've talked about that. The black hole beluga thing that works for you. When you get in that mood,
1: I'll tell you you're a black hole
0: beluga. (laughs) And it's helpful because it just makes you laugh and reminds you like, yeah, I am putting a negative spin on everything.
1: Yeah. That happens.
0: Nobody has to remind me when I'm a grump because I feel grumpy. (laughs) Because it's obvious? Yeah. Is
1: it obvious to us? Usually too. I don't know. know. Putting a name to it, I think helps. Cause then I think, you know, when you're acting that way, but maybe just like putting a name to it and calling it out makes you think like, Oh,
0: especially if it's a humorous name. Yeah. Like black hole beluga isn't like a code name. It's like, it was made to make you laugh. (laughs) Still does.
1: Still does. So something interesting that I saw recently, um, there was a brief article about Canadian pediatricians and that they're reminding parents that kids need to still play outside in the winter. So I thought we could just kind of talk about that for a minute because three years ago, I would have been like, heck no. Are you crazy? It's too cold. I don't want my kids outside. Um, That was when we were still living in Utah and we had little kids. And I grew up in California. We do not have cold weather, so... Still snow, I still don't like to be in the snow. But since we went to mo- move to Wisconsin and they have kids play outside until 0 degrees weather temperature wise or with wind chill. And at first I was like, "What? Kids are outside at 0 degrees?" I'm like, Oof. "Wow." But you know what? Um they really enjoyed it and I mean they had their snow clothes on like you t- they you send your snow clothes um with your, their kid Their kids send their snow clothes to school. Yikes. That was a hard one. Um, So they have all the stuff they need to be outside and to stay warm. And they loved it. And they hardly ever said that they were cold. Like, it just didn't faze them at all. And so um, I thought we could talk about, so why why should kids go outside? Uh, For one, it improves their health and also their self-confidence because they're out playing with other kids and doing games and stuff.
0: Yep. They get extra vitamin D, which can be in short supply in the winter. Mm -hmm.
1: This is also important for um, adults. If you have like a seasonal depression, um, some of that can be helped with vitamin D. So even adults should be getting outside and get that little extra sunlight.
0: And the way I understand it is sunlight doesn't give you vitamin D. It breaks down vitamin D, right? Oh, I don't know. It releases vitamin D.
1: All I know is vitamin D and sunlight are connected (laughs) somehow.
0: I believe – I'm not a doctor, but I believe you have to get the vitamin D from something else, but it's in like milk and stuff, and then the sunlight helps break it down and makes you happy.
1: Oh, interesting. There you go.
0: So there it is. It also is a good break from screen time. Which We're <laughs> pretty good. Our kids get like maybe 10 minutes of screen time a day, so I don't know what you all do.
1: I to get way more screen time in the winter because – you're inside a lot more and it's just cold and I don't know what else to do with them so much all day. <laughs> and then it's also good exercise for the kids. Um, just letting them run around and my kids actually went outside today and without like, even Nathan went out with like, without a coat on, I'm like, are you freezing? It's this it 40 degrees, the sun was shining. So I guess he wasn't super
0: cold. I don't, I don't know that that's good for your health anymore. We're not encouraging <laughs> that. That's bad parenting. <laughs>
1: That's how they get hypothermia. (laughs) So the pediatricians, they said that kids between the ages of 5 and 17 should get at least an hour of outside play a day. But when you do send your kid out, make sure you put layers on them. So that was bad parenting today when I didn't do that. But when it's really cold outside, make sure they're wearing all the layers to keep them warm.
0: Yeah, buddy. And if you're living in the Midwest right now and you're experiencing the polar vortex... This probably doesn't apply to you.
1: They did say you don't need to worry about it until negative sixteen degrees Fahrenheit, which includes the wind chill. So we snap. We did see um, that Wisconsin with wind chill is having way below negative sixteen. Yeah, they're
0: not going to be above negative sixteen for the next like week. So. Just soak in the screen time for the next week. It (laughs) doesn't ever stay that way.
1: (laughs) I know. They get like one or two weeks of horrible negative weather. And then it's usually done. They might have one more little spurt, but this is not like consistent January weather.
0: I think the main thing is like, we're all a little soft skinned about cold weather. I think like Mm -hmm. you're not going to hurt your kids up to negative 16 degrees. So it's probably okay. They might not love it. (laughs) <laughs> because it's cold. But if you bundle them up right, then they should be okay.
1: And it said that the younger kids can take more frequent breaks. So, I, you know, we see that a lot with our younger, younger kids is they'll come in and they'll be really cold and we'll give them hot chocolate and have them warm up and then they'll want to go back outside again. So we'll rebundle them up and send them back outside. So we just kind of keep repeating Which that. Which is super fun. Not very fun. But our older kids can stay out a little bit longer. And then usually when they come in, they're done. And so... The little kids, it's always like, take off all the layers, wait five minutes, like, I want to go back out. I'm like, seriously? Yep. (laughs) Because then you have to help them put everything
0: back on. It's not great. Also, teach your kids, we've said this, but teach your kids to put their own snow stuff on at a young age. As early as four years old, they can put all of their snow stuff on by themselves. Mm -hmm. That's something they really push in Wisconsin, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. Jack's three, and he can put on his own boots, uh, get his coat on. So he can do like half of it. Yeah, so that helps.
0: It, a lot of it's teaching the right order. I can't remember what it is, but it's essentially gloves last because you can't do anything after your gloves are on. So teach them to put everything else on and then their gloves.
1: Cameron, come tell us the order of how to put on your snow clothes. Cammy was did preschool four K in Wisconsin and learned the order of how to put your snow clothes on. Come tell us, Cam, since you're awake. <laughs> okay. Um. talk in the mic.
0: Okay, the order is snow pants, boots, jacket,
1: hat, and mints.
0: Nice. There you have it. Still remembers. <laughs> There's the order. All the way back from 4K. Now go to bed.
1: Good night. Love you.
0: Bye. Love you.
1: Um, also, if you're like me and having a hard time surviving the winter, just as a quick reminder, we did do an episode all about hygge, uh, episode 31, and it's about how to survive the winter. Uh, and Huga is the Danish word for being like cozy, uh, during the winter time. So some of the things we like to do with that, we have some, lots of blankets out. Uh, we have candles with remotes that we can turn on and off that kind of flicker, which are really nice. I drink loads of hot chocolate, Um, spending some time outside, invite our friends and family over. Even though the holidays are over, we still try to have people over. I mean, we do have a lot of birthdays right now, so that makes it a little bit easier, but like inviting families over and stuff to get to know them better. And also, I know it's January and lots of people were like, okay, I'm going to jump on the diet train, but this is not really the best time to do it because it's so cold and your body wants to be warm and I feel like taking all sugar and happiness from your life is not good.
0: (laughs) And now we're going to take a quick break and then we'll talk about something else.
1: (laughs) We're going to talk about why your kids watch the same movies a thousand times. Get ready. It's a good one. And now for a quick break. It brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday.
0: So we hope you had a chance to listen to our last episode about parenting styles. I still think for me, it was one of the ones that I continue to think about. Um, we've talked a lot about different parenting techniques and stuff, but this one just really like simplified it down to a high level that you want to be an authoritative parent. Mm-hmm. And as a bit of accountability, I have still not been great at this, <laughs> even though I've been thinking a lot about <laughs> it. Takes it a lot of practice, so sure. <laughs> um I think I can change and will change, but it is a process because our parenting styles are kind of ingrained in us, you know, Okay. Like
1: especially where we've been parents now for almost eight years. Like we have a lot of things that we, you know, are just in the habit of doing. Yeah. So it's hard to break that habit, but we can, especially, if, I think, especially if you're thinking about it, if you're telling your brain how you want to react, eventually you're going to do that.
0: Yeah. One thing I've found is when I'm trying to be authoritative, I feel like I'm just begging my kids all the time. Like, please, please just do the right thing. Cause I can't force you anymore. <laughs> and so, it's a balance. Um, still figuring it out. But let us know how you're doing. I'd love to hear suggestions on how to be a better authoritative parent. I use it.
1: So the article we're going to talk about today is why do kids watch the same movie a thousand times? So there's a reason you can sing every word to the song of Frozen and quote every line of Moana. Um, our kids get stuck on, stuck on movies. I'm sh- sure your kids probably do too. And they love to just watch them over and over again, especially Jack. He just like watches the same scenes over again. He like finds his favorite part of the movie and then he'll just keep rewatching that same chunk. Or I don't know if your kids like Blippy. Oh. <laughs> Jack loves Blippy. and it's this guy on YouTube and, he, I don't know, he teaches you about lots of different things, but one of his episodes is about how um, raspberries get frozen, like they, how they show the process of shaking them off the vines and everything like that. And Jack loves the harvester part. And so it's like a three-minute segment, Segment, and he just wants to re-watch the harvester over and over again because he loves it so much.
0: To be fair, it's pretty cool. It is cool. But also this is not in any way an endorsement of Blippy. Grumpy <laughs> dot com incorporation or anything else. He is the worst.
1: <laughs> I don't think they're that. He's bad. not the
0: worst. Some of his videos are the worst. <laughs> his favorite kind of video is to go to like a bounce house place and play as an adult in a children's playland by himself. <laughs> and it Especially is
1: like before they open.
0: Embarrassing so. <laughs> and terrible.
1: Those ones are my favorite, but the ones like teaching them, you know, how they freeze raspberries. That one's cool. And they teach them about like lots of different trucks and transportation and stuff, which all my boys love. Well, Nathan is not as big a fan of Blippi as Jack is, but Jack loves all that stuff. Yep. So that's fun. Anyway,
0: we have already talked too much about that.
1: <laughs> anyway, I find that kids between about the ages of one and four in our family are the ages that will repeat and watch the same movies or shows over and over again. Um, And our older kids are kind of, they kind of come out of that and don't really like to rewatch movies. They do shows though. They will keep watching the same shows over again, but movies are are less maybe because they're shorter. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I remember my brothers growing up, we went through a Robin hood, like the animated Disney Disney one. one a million times, just every day. Robin hood. And then we went through a Lion King phase. Ooh, that's a good every one. Every day. They are both good movies until you watch them every day.
1: <laughs> they're less good. <laughs>
0: Much less good.
1: So why do children enjoy watching the same movie over and over and stay focused if, as if it was the first time that they were watching it? Um, so according to Psychology Spot, where we found this article, hmm. there are several reasons. So we're going to go over those.
0: Numero uno.
1: Children do not fully understand the movie the first time that they see it. Makes sense, though.
0: Yeah. With so much going on, it says, kids will lose several details. The attention span and cognitive processing of young children can't keep up with the movie, movie rhythm. They need to watch it again and again because they're missing stuff. Right? They're they're not keeping up with the plot like we are. And so they're trying to understand it. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think even as adults, like sometimes when you watch like a really like deep plotted movie and after it's over, you're like, I need to watch that again because either you didn't like process everything or there's things that you missed. You're like, oh, I need to go back and just like see how that all comes together. So I feel like that's kind of rare, but for adults, but there are some movies like that where you're like, oh, that happens to you a lot. It doesn't happen to me a lot. (laughs)
0: No, it doesn't happen to me a lot. But there's some movies, especially like we just watched the Fantastic Beasts, the second one. Mm -hmm. And there's just stuff that like at the end, it's like, what? Like you don't, until you know the end, you miss stuff because you didn't know what to look for. Mm -hmm. So you want to go back and watch all that stuff and see what you missed. Yep. The third thing they say is once a child becomes familiar with the story and the characters, it becomes easier to understand. So they're liking it more and more because they're starting to understand these characters.
1: So the second reason is the repetition makes them feel that the world is a safe place. Aww. Repetition gives children the feeling of that the world is predictable um, and safe. So that's part of the reason why they like to rewatch it.
0: Is this genetic? Because Alexis's I family.
1: <laughs> I put that later in the note, so we can talk about that now. <laughs>
0: Alexis's family has a thing about redoing things. Mostly music. It's music.
1: It's just, it's my dad. So whatever. <laughs>
0: well,
1: I mean, that's where it comes from—is my dad and my sister. We like to re-listen if we find a song that we like. We will listen to it a to thousand death. times
0: to death.
1: Alan hates it.
0: <laughs> you can ruin anything if you listen to it. Now.
1: It's just so good. I don't know. There's something about like listening. I don't. Maybe it's just like listening to all the different parts of the song and memorizing it and just like feeling it. Like
0: I can I listen know. to an album back in the day when we listened to. Like CDs. Mm-hmm. I could listen to a CD over and over again, but I had to listen to it on shuffle. Because if I start to know like what's coming next, then it bugs me. But
1: that's the predictability. You don't like the predictability?
0: I know. That's boring. <laughs> that I like boring? change. <laughs>
1: Well, this says when kids can predict what will happen next and validate their expectations, they feel empowered and have the confidence that they know that they can at least control a bit of the world that is still quite chaotic for them. So when you think about kids, you know, they're still trying to navigate the world. Parents are telling you lots of things. They're trying to figure out boundaries and, you know, the personalities and all that type of thing. So there's always a lot of information coming at them. And so when they know what's going to happen in the movie, they already can predict what's going to happen next. Um, it's just a little bit of control of the situation.
0: Do you have control issues? Is that why you like listening to the same song over and over again? Maybe. <laughs> Number three is that it's a valuable learning strategy that stimulates thinking. So while they're watching the movies repeti- repetitively, it helps them develop logical thinking and understanding cause and effect relationships which is a pretty complex skill for children that they're going to need to get. And so that helps them kind of put those, oh, this happens and then that happens. And this happened because that happened.
1: So this is the same when your kid asks you to read the same book over and over again. I always think it's funny when I see like comments on Facebook about books that parents like super hate now because their kid keeps asking them to read it. Like I've seen if I have to read that little blue track one more time. (laughs) And I actually don't mind reading it over and over again.
0: I love that book. I know. It's
1: so cute. But somebody said that once. And I was like, what? You can't hate Little Blue Truck.
0: <laughs> I can read rhyming books over and over again forever. I can't read Nibbles over and over again. Oh, you Nibbles know what? Nibbles kills me.
1: Nibbles and The Kissing Hand. Oh, yeah. That one
0: was there something that like that over and over again? Yes,
1: Jack wanted to read that one over like every night for like a month, and I was like, I can't read The Kissing yet anymore. So, usually, at the point where I have the book like memorized, I just start skipping things. You know, I'll just like kind of summarize the page, <laughs> just <laughs> skip over it. Sometimes I try to skip pages if, <laughs> if they don't notice. Yeah, that was a little too sappy for me. I'm like, oh, can we be done this with this one?
0: All oh, the places you'll go in the little blue truck, top five children's books for me. Yeah, those are good ones. Rhyming and just fun. Mm -hmm.
1: But they did say that it allows children to develop memory and acquire vocabulary. So there was a study done. It was conducted at University of Sussex. And it confirmed that children learn more when they read something over and over again. So the psychologists, they analyzed three-year-old kids. And to some, they read the same story several times. And others, they read different stories. And it was found that the children who acquired more vocabulary were those who were exposed to repeated stories. Mm. So rather than mixing it up all the time and they hear the same rhythm, the same words, then they remember those words better.
0: Like all of our kids probably know the word. Congratulations. <laughs> Today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off the way.
1: Well, that's like, um, Jack, he's pretty good at picking up things from movies. The other day he had a little, and he was like a Nerf gun and he comes out and he goes, well, what do we have here? Like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? It's and then awesome. we remembered that I think it was from Harry Potter. The first I one? I think so. I think somebody says that and well, he picked up on that.
0: Well, them. well, what do we have here? It's <laughs> exactly what he said. It was awesome.
1: So there you go. Because we watched it a few times. Repetition picks up and uses it in regular
0: conversation. Boom. Vocabulary.
1: So, going over this, I think it's important to choose, be very choosy about the movies and the books that you're going to have in your home then if you're going to have to re re-watch them over and over again. Pick the ones that you like. So, because there's a couple of movies that we, like Disney movies, that we just don't care for. Dumbo, Snow White, Pinocchio. The Creepies. Those ones. Yeah, some are a little creepy, so... Those we just don't have in our house, so we can't have a kid who, like, gets stuck on it because it's just not even an option.
0: Unfortunately, the internet makes that a little tricky.
1: It is so much harder. Because they
0: find garbage everywhere. Well, not, like, not garbage garbage. Like, we have filters and stuff, so they can't find bad shows. But just, like, Blippi, you know, who's not bad at all. It's just, I don't like him.
1: I'm And, like, I'm not super impressed with Disney now. But Disney Junior is fine. But the older Disney... A lot of those shows are garbage. Dumb. And we have Netflix. And so sometimes the kids will get on Netflix and just kind of browse through and pick something. And a lot of those shows are really dumb, too.
0: Somebody needs to start a petition to allow better content filtering on all of those services. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix, let me hide stuff from my kids. I know that I can set a filter that won't let certain ratings of stuff, but I don't care about ratings nearly as much as I do. I don't like whatever it is, Power Rangers. I want to be able to take out all the Power Power Rangers shows mm-hmm. and just the weird, you know, like every family I'm sure has the things that they do and don't like. And so just let people make their own choices. Mm-hmm. She's
1: so, so much to choose from. Um, yeah. Cause you think about when we were kids, like you had what was on TV and that was it, you know? Yeah. And I just feel like TV was better quality back then, but it is what it is. TGF. I think that's why, yeah, TJF. I think that's why they're bringing back so many of the TV shows from when we were kids. Like
0: Sort of had good ideas.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> so. They're like, oh, that was popular. Let's redo that. So Netflix does a lot of spinoffs on old shows. Disney's starting to do that too. Like just, I mean, they completely redo them. They just kind of take the main idea. But I keep seeing popping up these shows. I'm like, oh, I remember watching that when I was a kid, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So to wrap up, because apparently this is my job. You're the wrap-up guy. I am the rapper. (laughs) The rapper. So kids like to watch things over and over again, but as much as it will drive you as their parent mad, it's actually really good for their development. Um, It helps them understand the story because they can't keep up with it. The repetition helps them actually feel safe, and it helps – It's a valuable learning strategy that allows them to think. So lean in, let them watch shows over and over again, but be careful with what you let them watch because you're going to watch it over and over again. And uh, I think it's kind of comforting to know that even though I hate this, maybe it's good for my kid.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think with this whole thing too is you know how much screen time you want your kid to be able to watch. So we're not saying like, let them watch Moana and repeat all day long. Um,
0: Unless you live in Wisconsin right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Then go ahead and do that. But if you're letting them watch a movie each day, you know, and they pick Moana every single day, that's okay. But yeah, I don't know. I think all the screen time stuff, I keep seeing different suggestions and changes all the time. So you do what's right for your family.
0: So the question we're gonna post on social media that we'd love to hear from you is what is the book or movie that your child keeps requesting? So what's the what do they like on repeat? Mm-hmm. Baby Shark?
1: Baby Shark, yes. James
0: Corden did Baby Shark with Josh Groban. So it was awesome. Really that's a big deal.
1: <laughs> it has like millions of views. It Sunroom. is crazy.
0: And to the credits, please follow us on Instagram. We're at P-I-R-L podcast or Lorkeet sisters and you can tweet me i'm at alan t tanner
1: and i'm at alexis tanner one you can also find us on patreon at www.patreon.com slash p-i-r-l and please subscribe wherever you get your podcast to keep listening to our new episodes
0: and while you're there give us a rating because that really helps us find be found by others and if you don't know how to give a rating, we have a link in our show notes that makes it really easy.
1: And you don't even have to leave like a comment. You can just click the stars and that counts. It's totally a rating. Our goal is to hit 50 by the end of the quarter. Yes. So if you haven't left a rating yet, please do it. You can help us. You got this.
0: We are closest. We
1: are close We're in the 30s. Let's get to 50.
0: Just 20 of you. We can do that. Less than 20.
1: <laughs> you so got sure. this.
0: And as always, a special thank to a special thank to R5 Kid <laughs> for being Kid. Plurals. <laughs> no Plurals are for losers. <laughs> and that's wrap. Right.